0: I feel the witness of the Spirit here. Hallelujah! We're going to have an altar call here in just a few moments, and you got to hear me. God's trying to reach for somebody in this place. You better believe the Spirit knows all things. All things. It's not up to us to figure them out. The Spirit knows them. Amen. As you make your way back to your seats, the Lord has been speaking to me for several weeks now, and I feel like tonight is the night that he wants me to deliver this word. Amen. As you join me in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we're going to turn to verse number one as we stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. Please join us tonight after service. I'm telling you, we've got so much food, it's going to be good. Amen. And so I want you to come and fellowship with us. We're going to have a great time in the Lord. Amen. But we're not going to rush what the Holy Ghost wants to do because the food will be there waiting on us. Paul said, be ye followers of me. And if he would have put a period, he would have missed the whole point. But he said, even as I also. Because he didn't put put himself above people. He's saying, hey, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you right now. Even as I also am of Christ. Let me break it down. He said, you follow me, but I'm doing the same thing I'm asking you to do I'm following a higher standard. I'm following Christ. Here's what I want to preach about tonight. The righteous standard. The righteous standard. Amen. Would you lift your hands one more time? Father, give us ears to hear. You're you're going to be speaking, Lord. The whole time your word is going forth, the enemy is going to do everything it can to, to block and to push aside And to try to stop what what the Spirit is doing. Let the Holy Ghost do it right now. In the name of Jesus, clap your hands unto the Lord and give him praise. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The righteous standard. Whether we want to acknowledge it or not, everyone strives to be like somebody. There are no originals. Everyone is a copycat. Now, you may not realize it. You may not do it intentionally. But somewhere in your life, there's been someone that you modeled yourself after. You picked up. Something from this guy or this lady. You watched your parents behave in this manner or do this. I'll never forget my dad. When we would when I was a kid, I was young. He had a big old tall glass with a handle. And he would drink milk with ice. That's why I drink milk with ice. It's because my dad did it. And I could still see him. His glasses would be right here. He'd take a big old bite of a sandwich. you could see him I could see him chomping. he'd push those glasses up. he'd take a big old swig of that m- milk and while with a mouthful of food, so you know what I started doing. I started drinking a big old swig of my milk till I realized how gross it was to do with a mouthful of food. That's right things that you watched your. Your dad do, boys, men, that you saw the way your dad dressed, the way your dad worked on things, and ladies, the way your mother did this. And all throughout life, we are gleaning. We are modeling ourselves after something in the physical. The world is full of role models and teachers and famous people. We live in a day now where with social media. Now, some of you over- 30 to 40 may not even know what I'm talking about. But now with social media, you can take a plain old John Doe who just likes to video himself and he can become what is known as an influencer. Anybody ever heard that term? Somebody who is a nobody. But they just start making videos and people start following them and they get millions of followers then they make millions of dollars and and that's the modern day advertisement because companies realize how many millions of people are are looking at the, this person and so they'll pay them such and such to advertise this and to it's a whole different world than it was 20 years ago, because people want to follow somebody. They want to have somebody that they look after. They want to have somebody that they model themselves after. Simply put, someone is setting a standard whereby others try to follow. The world is full of followers. Even those in leadership follow the advice of people that they surround themselves with. This world, not friend, has only seen one true leader who did not march to the beat of somebody else's drum who did not bow down to the antics or the opinions of those that were around him but the Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God the same was in the beginning with God all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth when Jesus stepped on the scene he didn't come to follow somebody else but he set a standard whereby we should follow after him come on if you believe it clap your hands He walked on this earth doing the will of his Father. The flesh of Jesus followed the will of Jesus, but it was, or the will of God, but it was God manifest in the flesh. He didn't, he didn't follow public opinion. He wasn't catering to the who's who of society. He didn't care what people thought about him. He was there to follow and to establish the standard. Calvary was not by accident. But to understand what happened at Calvary, you have to look back all the way at the beginning to understand what Calvary was. When God created man and woman, and God did not create Adam and Eve, God created man and woman. Adam, Adam means dirt in Hebrew. He was called dirt, because he come from, you can say deerte if you want to get elegant, but it's dirt. God was righteous, and that which he created was righteous. Righteous means right, innocent, pure. But when that serpent came and beguiled Eve, It was then that they became unrighteous, not right with God. They lost their righteous standing. And so God remained the only thing that was righteous. He was the standard of righteousness. And so all throughout the Old Testament, you see God reestablishing righteousness. That's why in Noah chapter 7 and verse 1, he's, he said to Noah, For thee have I seen righteous before me. Out of all of humanity that existed, there was one that God says, He's right, and I have to continue the remnant. So I'll keep him, and I'll keep his family. But then we find a man named Abraham who got a word from God. That would lead to the salvation of his family. And the Bible says that he didn't understand it, but he believed it. See, we got people that want to understand the salvation process. But God never asked us to understand it. He just asked us to believe it. And because Abraham believed God, the Bible says it was counted unto him righteousness. One one other scripture says that it was imputed unto him. It was granted unto him. He didn't deserve it. He didn't earn it. But God said, I'm going to count you as right, even though I know you're not, because you believe in me and you believe in my word. And so this standard... Of righteousness, a righteous standard, you see trickling through the Old Testament. You see glimpses of it in the Old Testament. But the standard was Jehovah. He was the one that always was righteous. He was the one that never lost his way or he, he never wavered. And so, because the righteousness of, of man is as filthy rags in the sight of God. God said, I've got to create a law. It was a little bit at a time trying to get them to a place of righteousness in God. And so he establishes a law. He sets up a tabernacle. And we did a big study on the tabernacle with the mercy seat uh, there where once a year that priest would go in on the day of atonement uh, and would set that blood on that mercy seat and it would roll back the sins of Israel for a year. But watch this. The tabernacle was the center. God was central in Israel's life. I want you to put up on the screen Numbers chapter 1, verse 52. Watch this. You got the tabernacle in the middle. Let me get there. There it is. So now he's given instruction on all the other hundreds of thousands of people. And he says, and the children of Israel shall pitch their tents. Three tribes on the north, three tribes on the east, three tribes on the south, three tribes on the west. And the opening of their tent door had to be facing the tabernacle. They couldn't turn and, and face it away from God. Everything was about that standard of righteousness, that, that mercy seat, that place of redemption, that tabernacle. He said, you go ahead and tell him every man by his own camp and every man by his own standard. All right, got to stay with me now. I thought... This was what God was trying to tell me about. But I kept reading. And go to to Numbers chapter 2, verse number 1. No, stay right there. Stay right there. That's the one I'm looking for. Go back. So he said, every tribe, every man by their own standard, One fifty three. Oh, yeah, buddy, we're getting there. One fifty three. But the Levites shall pitch round about the tabernacle of the testimony that there be no wrath upon the congregation of the children of Israel. And the Levites shall keep the charge of the testimony. you got to watch this. It, it blew my mind. Maybe it's a small explosion, but nonetheless, here's the tabernacle in the middle. And I always thought that it was just all of them around, lined up. But that wasn't what it says. It said between the rest of the tribes and the tabernacle were the priests surrounding that tabernacle. Those that were there to minister unto the Lord those that were there to take care of the things of God. And it never said that the Levites had to set it up by their own standard because his standard was their standard. Oh, I'm fixing to preach. Could it be that there were some of those Levites that said, well, look at them. They're doing it however they want to do it. No, 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 no. You're not called to their standard. You're called to his standard. And his standard is a righteous standard. Let the world be the world. Let them do what they want to do. Let them wave their own flag. Let them make their own decisions. But we've got a standard that is higher than the world. Hatalabo shatayadalabahata. Woo! Holy Ghost. Hey, there's some people that say, well, so-and-so gets to do this. That's not the standard we're trying to live by. We're trying to live to a righteous standard. Let them wave their own flag. Let them make their own decisions. Listen to me, mamas and daddies. I, I'm just going to pass just a little bit. If the standard of your home, doesn't reflect the standard that you're called to live by, then you you can't change that standard. You got to change the standard in your home. You got to make sure that the flag you fly in your home matches that flag that you're trying to represent. It's got blood all over that flag. The Bible says you're a royal priesthood. You're a peculiar nation. We're not supposed to represent the standard of the world. There's a righteous standard. It's that righteous. It's that righteous standard. The Bible, the Bible says that that standard was defined by heroism. The Lord our God was one Lord. It's a righteous standard. And so, you, and, and I'm, I'm fast-forwarding through the Old Testament. God understood the hearts of humanity. God knew that they would be wayward. God knew that there would be an ebb and a flow of their obedience. Just like we experience the same thing. An ebb and flow of our obedience. I'm trying to get you to Calvary to understand what happened at Calvary. To understand what happened at Calvary, you gotta keep going past the tabernacle. And you gotta you gotta come to that point where God had shown himself strong time and time again. And 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 here he was fixing to bring them to that promised land, Brother Black. And they started murmuring against the Lord. They started complaining against God. They 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 started saying things against that standard that they were trying to follow after. Hear me today, standards. Though I preach them, I believe in them. The whole point of standards is to point us toward the righteous standard. It's not rules. We're not putting check marks by everybody. The whole point is to get us To the righteous standard. And anybody can lower a standard. That's easy to do. Don't preach it this hard. Don't preach it this straight. But I believe God's calling us to a higher standard. He's calling us to a standard above our peers. The Bible says every way of man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the heart. You can justify every reason why you lower your standard, but it takes the Holy Ghost to get you to raise your standard. That's what God wants us to do. Clap your hands unto the Lord. And so they murmured, Numbers 21 and 8, they began to murmur against God on their way to the promised land. And so God said, all right, I'm going to deal with y'all. Fiery serpents show up and start attacking them, and biting them. Those fiery serpents started killing off Israel. And they turned their heart back towards the Lord. You know, nothing makes you turn your heart toward God like affliction. Like when life gets bad. Things are good, we don't need God. Things get bad, turn to God. That's the same thing that happened in the Old Testament. Nothing new. Didn't surprise God. And so Moses began to intercede for him and watch what, put it back up there, watch what the Lord said. He said, Moses... I want you to take one of those serpents. No, I'm sorry. He said, Make thee a fiery serpent. Set it up on a pole. What's the significance of that? I'll tell you. The words that in in, in when when Israel and or rather when the tribes were being established, their standard was flown high on a pole. So it would identify their whole tribe. He said, I want you to take. a a, a serpent, put it on a pole, dip it in brass or bronze rather, put it on a pole, it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, it shall live. In other words, the very thing that they were battling, when it was exalted up and they looked on it, and believed it would be to their healing and to their salvation. Now, we can understand what happened at Calvary because the Bible said in John chapter 3, verse 14, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. So much the son of man. See, man was battling sin. Sin was the fiery serpent that was killing off so many people. And the only way that they were healed was they had to look upon the very thing that they were fighting against. And when they looked on Calvary, you got to understand they weren't looking at the body of Jesus. But the Bible said he became sin for us the very thing that was killing us, the very thing that we were battling. He said, you lift it high. It's not just going to be a man on a tree. It's going to be a standard. It's going to be a righteous standard. And if they will believe on me. Why do you preach Jesus, pastor? Because it is the only standard of righteousness. It's the only standard whereby we can measure ourselves against. Paul said, you follow me, but you've got to understand, I'm just a man. I've got flaws. I've got problems. Hear me. This is why you don't attach yourself to a man. I love you, but I've got flaws. I've got problems. You follow me, but don't stop there. Don't just do something because I tell you to do it. Don't just live this because a preacher's telling you. Because I'm not the standard whereby you're going to measure yourself against. There's a higher standard. There's a righteous standard. And that's the standard that we've got to measure ourselves against. Stand with me right now. Here's where we mess up. Is we measure ourselves against other people. And we appease our conscience by saying, I'm doing better than them. I don't have the problems they've got. I don't have the situations they have. So we pat ourselves on the back, Brother Glenn, and we say, "Well, we're we're doing good." Wrong standard. Why would you measure yourself against something that's flawed? There's only one righteous standard. That's why when Jesus went to those disciples, he said. Follow me. He was the only one qualified that's ever walked the face of the earth to put a period after those two words. Paul said it, but Paul put a comma. Paul said, follow me. Hold it. While I follow Christ, because there's only one righteous standard. Tell you what heaven, what God, what God is wanting in heaven. Go to 2 Peter. Why are we doing all this? I'm going to tell you why we're doing all this. 2 Peter 3, verse number 12. 2 Peter 3 and 12. It says, looking for and hasting. Unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved. And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Next verse. Nevertheless, we according to his promise. What promise? That promise of the Holy Ghost. You know what that promise is? The gift of the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, is the earnest of our inheritance. It's a deposit on what's going to come. And let me tell you the rest of it. He says, Look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Hey, friend, I've just come to remind you there's a city coming that there will be nothing wrong, there will be nothing flawed. There will be nothing blemished. Nothing will be in that city. Why? Because the standard that it was built by is the standard of righteousness. And that's what we're aiming for. That's what we're doing this for. And so if you're measuring yourself against anything other, talaboshata Christ. You know what needs to happen tonight? Musicians, you come. God's calling us to that higher standard. Maybe you've been slack in your walk with the Lord. Maybe you've let down some things that, that you once held so true and so dear in your life. Young people, listen. I mean, let's Just hear, hear from my heart. Everybody in here that's older than you, if they grew up in the church, I can assure you that they questioned in their own mind why their parents wouldn't let them do certain things. Am I right? If you grew up in the church, you had you had those questions. Why can't I do this? Why can't I go here? Why can't I? Uh, why? 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 That's normal. But you got to, you got to remember. Your parents do everything motivated out of love. I don't know of any parent that holds their baby when they're born and say, I want you to become the best drug addict this world's ever known. I want you to waste your life. Parents don't do that. But their love sets a high standard for their child. And so all the decisions parents make for their children is based upon the standard that they want them to reach, not where they're living right now. And so there's times your parents will say, you can't do this, you can't do that. And that's not them trying to withhold anything from you. That's them trying to get you to live to that standard of righteousness. God, looks at us the same way. There's prayers that he won't answer. There's requests that he won't grant. There's things that he won't because he's trying to get you to that higher standard, that standard of righteousness. Because truth be told, if God answered every one of your prayers throughout your life, some of us wouldn't be in this building today. And so God has a standard. That's what we're trying to attain. How do we do it? I'll tell you how. The Bible says in the book of Hebrew, looking unto Jesus. Why would we look unto Jesus? That's the standard. That's the standard. And if we keep our eyes on Him, All this other stuff don't matter. It'll take care of itself. Maybe tonight as I open these altars I want to invite you to come. I want you to measure yourself not against the person you're praying by. I want you to measure yourself against the righteous standard.